With me in the studio today, as always, is the Honorable Head Pastor Scott Millis. Hi there. And also with me is our astounding youth director, Matthew Kreider. Hey, everybody. And I'm Zach. What's up, guys? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, uh, for, I guess, uniqueness, I'd have to give it high marks, but there's something creepy about that particular (laughs) intro. Sorry. Seven. (laughs) All right. So seven, you got a seven, seven Pascal, last time you got a seven, so I think I'll have to top that next time. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. Good, 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 good. What were you talking about last time? Oh, gosh, that was a while ago. Um, you know what? As a matter of fact, we were talking about uh, the whole embassy uh, moving Israel. and opening up in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Israel, yeah. and you were, you were mentioning uh, some books, I think it was. I was. You were talking about some books. Yeah, I mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Self-Portrait of a Hero, The Letters of Jonathan Netanyahu. Uh, and I, I was mentioning these books because they are books that got me interested in Israel. And uh, the other book I read years ago was a book called The Return by Mike Evans. I haven't read it in many, many years. I just remember some some of the central points of it, which was he was talking about the historical significance of 1948 when Israel was, you know, gained a statehood again and the return of the diaspora to Israel, the diaspora, of course, in this sense, it's it's a it's got a broader meaning. But when I use it in this term, we're talking about the Jews, people who are ethnically Jewish who have been scattered across the world, living in other countries because they have no homeland. And one of the things he points out, maybe the central point, was that I don't think there is any other people, any other nationality that has survived and maintained their identity as a nation without a land for anything like the length of time the Jews did. I mean, you look at their, if you, you want to go back to the, uh, uh, to Babylon. Okay. They were, uh, the, the captivity going back to what, 586 BC and really go back even further to 720 BC when the Assyrians took over the northern kingdom. There were 10 tribes scattered right. uh, from that point. And then the rest of them in 586, now many of them were carried into Babylon. Many of them stayed in the area. Uh, and, of course, 70 years later, they were allowed to return, and some of them did. But the point is, it's, it, has not, it had not been an independent state ever from that time going forward, they might have been allowed to live there and rebuild the temple and right. practice their religion and their beliefs, but they were always a vassal state. They were under the thumb of some other power the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. And then, with the destruction of the second temple in 68 AD, 68, 70, depending on which calendar you're using, whatever, they went, they, they were scattered. They were, they were without a homeland, and they settled in different places. And, of course, they suffered persecution in many different places. But they, they were, uh, uh, you know, all over Europe, many into Russia. And, uh, and then, of course, we know, you know, fast forward several, several hundred years to the, to the Holocaust, World War II. And then in 1948, the declaration that gave them their homeland back. 
this is Israel. Yeah. This was a huge deal that there were Jews still identifying as this remnant that they were right. part of the lineage of Abraham and still remembered who they were without having, I mean, good night. Uh, give me another example of this. There was a, there was a great quote. I cannot remember. I should have done a little bit of research for this because it's a great quote, but there was, there was a King couldn't even tell you who he was or when he was, but he was wrestling with the idea of God. And he said, I want to believe if somebody could just give me one solid piece of proof that God exists. And one of his attendants says, the Jew, your majesty, mm. uh, meaning the very fact that there are Jews and there's no Israel, you know, but they've managed to hang on. This is, this is evidence that God has preserved them. And so it is a big deal that they, that they get back into their homeland back in 1948. And it's, an, and it's really nothing short uh, of a miracle that they've managed to hang on to it because right, I mean, from the get-go, those neighboring countries have <laughs> protested their very existence. Not even just the neighboring countries, but those who settled in Israel when they were all they were all gone. That's you know, right. The Palestinians oh, or whatever. Right, I mean, right. that's, you know... Yeah. They get they get a lot of pushback from neighboring countries, but even more so from Palestinians still right. staying right there in the settlements right. and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, do you you listen to Janet Parshall, right? I do. In the market with Janet Parshall, yeah. her husband, uh, very brilliant guy, and he's been involved with some of these. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the term of it right now. Um, Jewish people who who have been saved. Yeah, Messianic Jews. Messianic Jews, thank you so much. He's part of some of these groups, Mm -hmm. and they were doing a show on it the other day, or the other day, a few months back, and I remember hearing this, and this is the first time I'd ever really thought about it. I'm thinking, you know, when when you hear Israel, you know, in 1948 or whatever, was recreated as as a nation, thinking to myself... Okay, well, they draw the lines from the Bible and they give them their country back. Like right. I, you just don't think too much about it. But they talked about the legal hoops that had to be jumped through from imagine. these uh, Israeli scholars and attorneys and all this stuff. I mean, this had to be done. This had to be done from a legal standpoint yeah. to give it more to give it that validity. You know, yeah, so it's yeah. one thing for the UN to say, okay, Israel can be a country again, and however that all went down. But these people yeah. all proved here's border lines. This is from historic. Right. All this stuff, uh, and it was absolutely fascinating. Right. Oh yeah. My question is: so in 1948, the UN unanimously, I'm assuming, because this that's way maybe not unanimously, I but I mean, and the UN was very young still then. I mean, it was created right after World War II, right? Right. Because it wasn't after World War One. That was the League of oh, Nations. No. Right. Right. Okay. So UN is still very young. So we go from there, where the UN. Brings Israel, brings Israel, gives them their statehood, and you know people start the Israelites start coming back, the Jews come back, and fast forward to today, when if that situation were to arise again today, I don't think you could find three people at the UN that would give Israel anything, right, oh, right, let right. alone their state. You know what I mean? Right. So how how have we? Maybe maybe if it wasn't if they weren't Israelites, if it wasn't Jews, I think that maybe more countries would be you know just kind of because the climate we're in culturally the general climate is to not favor jews or christians so if it was jews seeking a country now probably not but if it was someone else some other group that's an interesting view now because what many of them say now how true it is i don't know but here here's a common response from again neighboring countries palestinians 
they say we do have we have no problem with Judaism. What we object to is the Israeli occupation of Palestine. It, to them, it's all about the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure I buy it, right? But that's what they would say. Uh, you know, and and it's it's much more complicated than than we give it credit for. We think, oh, it's this tiny little piece of land. If they need their own land, why can't you take a chunk out of one of these larger? Like Arab Syria countries, or something is huge, that, yeah. But there's there's yeah. more wrapped up in it than that, Way and I'm more. just not enough of an expert to address have, it. Have you ever seen the um, the movie was only so so, but there's a movie called Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando Bloom. Um, I think I've seen Liam Neeson's in it for a yeah. little bit. It essentially takes place during the Crusades, which Crusade I don't know. I think it seemed to be a little bit later on in the Crusades, where essentially. Um, Europe, British and European knights were essentially occupying Jerusalem. Yeah. They had taken it back. And so the... Um, what was it? What was it called? The Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, yeah. You ever seen it? I about it, no. It was during this time. And so I don't know if they were... I don't know what you'd call them. The, the, and he was a real character. He's, he really existed, but he'd have... Um, oh, Muslims. Huge, this, this Muslim army coming to take Jerusalem back. Right, right, and by the end of the movie, they succeed in doing that. They pretty much lay siege to the city, and the knights that are there trying to defend it, I mean, essentially are defeated and have to give up. So they send somebody out, and they go to this guy, and man, I cannot remember the name, his, the uh, this particular uh, Islam general's name or whatever. But so he says, "Is this you know what is this city like? What does this city mean to you? Why you know?" What is this? You know, what is it? Why is it this so important or whatever? What does it mean to you? And he turned around and he said nothing and everything. It's like, uh, it's really nothing. And yet at the same time, it's everything. It was just kind of a, it was an interesting line because it really, yeah. for me, kind of defined it's like this centuries long battle over this piece of land is absolutely right. iconic. Right. I mean, it's right. just incredible right. yeah. to, to go all this back and forth. And it's like, what does it really mean to you? nothing and everything it's almost like one of those things where i can't really remember why we're fighting for this and yet it means everything right. you know what i mean it was just yeah. kind of it's it's just fascinating to me the conflict that's yeah. been going on here since forever you know yeah. Uh, yeah. and the other thing is whenever i hear people talk about middle east peace not gonna happen right you know right. what i mean it's like hey it's noble to go over there and try to negotiate for peace but you're not going to have peace by giving in right you're not going to have right. peace by not doing any i mean there's just right. literally I mean, well, there will we be were, conflict in we this area We were talking last podcast about the last days briefly. Right. And I think that's something that actually is going to happen. It's not going to happen for very long. But the, uh, you know, the Antichrist, you know, when he's on the scene, one of the things I believe that's going to, one of the things I believe is going to get the world's attention is he is going to have a peace plan for the Middle East. And, oh, it's going to look great. Everybody's going to like it. It great. just right. won't last long because right. people realize they've been betrayed. Uh, you know, and at the center of all of it, you know, people want to try to isolate it. This is a purely political thing or, you know, geopolitical thing, but it is a religious thing. And, uh, of course, as Christians, we have a great deal of respect for the Jews. We love Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as Jesus commanded. But we also recognize something that's, uh, against, and it's politically incorrect to say. But uh, if people still wonder this. Do, do Jews need to believe in Jesus to be saved? Uh, I was listening just today. Uh, Michael Rydelnik was on Equipped with Chris Brooks, another radio program I listened to when I happened to be in a car. And Michael Rydelnik is a professor of Jewish studies at uh, Moody. Mm. Great guy to listen to. He does a, a call-in question-and-answer program about 
uh, Jewish issues on Saturdays. It's worth checking out. Uh, but he's a Messianic Jew. He was raised a Jew and did his research. And there were it's, it's a uh, his testimony is interesting to listen to because he knew enough about what the Messiah was supposed to do, supposed to do and be. And when he went to the scriptures and, and, and said, you know, here, here's, you know, if he does this, if he does this, if he does this, this is the Messiah. And turned out Jesus did those things. And so he became a Christian. But he said that's the number one question he gets from Jews uh, and people who are interested in Israel is, do you believe that Jews need to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved? He says, and my answer is always the same. Everybody needs to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. I don't like yeah. to even think about it in terms, right. do Jews have to believe this? Right. Do Muslims have to believe this? Humanity needs to believe this. Right. Jesus is the only way. Yeah. 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 Now, is there anything in Scripture? Because I thought I read there well, where that is the case. Absolutely. Everyone yeah. needs to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. But I vaguely remember there's some, there's some like Jews are almost set aside as a special people even after the crucifixion. There's almost like they, I don't know, maybe this is in Revelation, well, or I could be completely wrong. It's you're, like they, well, you're opening, if, if I'm reading your question right, it, you're opening up a can of worms that I'm not really qualified to discuss, which which is about this idea of replacement theology. Uh, does God still have a role for the Jews today? Because there are some scriptures, if you read them in isolation, uh, you know, and when it comes to salvation, you know, it, uh, let me back up here a little bit, what Paul would write. You know, just as the Old Testament division was between Jew and Gentile. You know, you've got God's people and you've got everybody else. Okay. You still have God's people and everybody else. Okay? So in the sense of salvation and uh, believing what is necessary uh, you know, to, to know the one true God, you've still got two basic divisions. You've got Christians and everybody else, and that everybody else includes the Jews. Right. However... Uh, and so there are some who say there's no sense in even talking about Israel because the Israel of God is the church. And in terms of the blessings of Abraham and the fulfillment of these things, that's true. What I don't agree with is that God is done with Israel. I think it's very, very clear that God still has a plan that specifically includes those people and that land. All right. So there's something God has. And I think, you know, uh, and again, it's a matter of interpretation, but it looks like uh, in Revelation, you know, it talks about the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe right. that, that, were, that, that are going to be instrumental in the last days. And, and so it indicates that, uh, and this is I'm speaking in broad, vague terms here, and I'm doing it not for the sake of time, but because I lack the expertise. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in broad, vague terms, you're going to see. Uh, a, a grand deception during the tribulation where it looks like you know, my take on it is that this antichrist will be viewed as at least a possible messiah yeah let me just add because we have a few minutes i think still that the majority of jews today even religious jews aren't actually looking for an individual to be the messiah they're looking for more of a messianic age there's a small percentage of ultra orthodox or ultra conservative jews i don't even know all the terminology who do believe that the messiah a man is still going to come which he you know he did it was jesus but there, many will believe this is the guy. And even if they don't believe in an individual Messiah, they'll see him as the guy who is ushering in this messianic age because he's figured out the peace problem. It's going to solve these things to everybody's satisfaction. And then 
He's going to do something that's going to open their eyes to the fact that this guy is not our friend. And many of them at that point will realize we missed it. It was Jesus. And they will become this powerful evangelistic force in the last of the last days before Jesus comes back. Uh, now, again, you know, I'm not going to get into whether is this after the rapture. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm kind right. of I'm on the very much on the fence about that. I kind of lean toward a post-trib kind of scenario. So we're all here for this. Doesn't matter. You know, right. I believe this uh, one way or another, it's all going to happen. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. It matters, but it's not a it's you're not, not going to go to hell. If you, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not salvific. Salvific. Did you make that up? Or I did not, right? actually. <laughs> Whenever you word, say that yeah. at church, I'm like, I'm going to look that up and see if that's actually a word. <laughs> You've got at least one of those every sermon. It's like, mm, I feel like I need to look that up. I'm trying you to. Know, while you were in Farmer City, Pastor Scott and Brian and Luke told me that every Sunday they'd have like a dictionary or something out to catch words that you would say, that they would, always, they would look them up to make sure these were real words and that's you had right. the meaning correct. I really so. should have, you know, on purpose put in some made up words just to see how good attention they would pay. <laughs> and there's probably a few people at church that would get you. Yeah, I yeah they would. So, what I think we should do is you should let the person up in the uh, sound booth or in the projector booth know, hey, here's a couple big words I'm using just for giggles. Why don't you go ahead and put a tra- or like a definition up on the screen as you just mentioned that word. And as right. soon as they hear that word, they put that definition up. I That's think right. it would just be funny. It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, for all of you laymen out there, here's Amen. where this word means. The relig shans per lek as much as dibbles par the two, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, All wow. Right. That's funny. See, that's what happens when Good you have stuff. a very educated pastor. So Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hey, he did. Did I mention to you earlier in conversation <laughs> that I don't have my bachelor's degree? <laughs> very I'm, a, I'm an autodidact. Self-taught. Yeah. Okay, all right. You I feel just, like I knew that, too. I feel I'll like just... you could just say self-taught. I think it would be easier. <laughs> so, um, Very cool. Yeah, so definitely going to keep an eye out on the news and everything, what's going yeah. on in Jerusalem and stuff and, yeah. and uh, in Israel and all the conflict yeah. just because of... Yeah, I'm just very, very interested in the reaction of the surrounding... Uh... Yes, and as a matter of fact, here's what another interesting um, point is. Just today, you know, obviously we're, um, you know... Uh, the U.S. embassies moved back to moved to Jerusalem. A lot more people are acknowledging publicly, yeah. you know, in the in the news that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. And just today, I heard that a couple of more countries are moving their embassies to Jerusalem. Really, I think the two countries I don't remember the countries, but I, I'm almost positive they were all they were South American countries. However. I'm thinking you're going to see a lot more of that, right? And more and more embassies and more and more countries recognize this. America's leading the way, you know. Wouldn't that be some? I, yeah. I think it would be very. It'd be very interesting. Yeah. As you get all of these embassies moving into Jerusalem, it's just like well, like we talked about last time, knowing the seasons. Yeah. And seeing this kind of stuff yeah. come about, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Sure. Wow. Cool. So what else is happening? Graduation's coming up. Oh, yeah. yes. Very busy weekend. Yeah. yeah. Is, is this graduation weekend? I mean, it do the kids graduate well, on you have, Well, you, you have I had their graduation last weekend. I'm, I'm talking about the for, high, St. Uh, Joe High School. Yeah, St. Joe High School and the middle school. Middle their school graduation Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah, high school yeah, graduations yeah. on Sunday. Judah Christian graduation on Saturday. Wow. So it's a very, very busy weekend. Yeah. You and expensive. And expensive, yes. Huh. Speaking of which, I'd like to put in a request from the church. <laughs> I'm just joking, no. <laughs> yeah. We're always like, 
So it, I, it's sad to say this, but it really kind of depends on how many graduations we go to. Yeah. We might have to divide up the pot a little bit. You right. know, so yeah, one, that's, that's on, the, true. Yeah. on the years that we only have like one graduate to go yeah. to, that graduate is well taken care of for the most <laughs> right. part. And then the years we've got five are like, yeah. how's $5 and a coupon to Dairy Queen? How's <laughs> right. that? This, this cup of coffee, you'll appreciate it <laughs> that first one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was oh, talking man. to another youth pastor the other day. We were, uh, we were having lunch and. We were just talking about we we're talking about this very thing, graduation stuff, and somebody asked, you know, hey, so what do you guys do for your graduates or whatever? And he had mentioned, and I'm not sure, I can't remember what's in the little gift pack that we get our graduates, um, but he had mentioned that they get their graduates a Christ-centered Bible, and what it is is there's, um, you know, how the a lot of Bibles have the words of Christ in red right. in, the New, in the New Testament. Well, in this particular Bible, I still I think that's still the case, but in the Old Testament. Anything that is revolving around Christ, prophecies, um, messianic, mm. anything like that is all written in blue. So it's oh. like as you go through and study your Bible, I think it's a it's a study Bible, I believe. And as you go through and you read even in the Old Testament, you can see wow. everything in blue is a messianic oh, center around the, cool. the Messiah. That's cool. So really yeah, I thought like it was that. really neat. And he said a New Living Translation, which I like, is a good translation. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, that was kind of a neat thing. And he said he's had a lot of really good feedback from some of their graduates wow. saying that they, it's really... You know, That's pretty neat. So, check that yeah, out. I like that. My idea. old open Bible, which is the Bible I took to Rama, it's shredded. I rarely use it anymore because it's in such delicate condition. Right. But it had... Uh, in the margins, it had a star every time there was a messianic oh, reference cool. or prophecy. Cool. And the, cool. through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, the Psalms particularly, you'd be reading and all of a sudden, ooh, this is a... And, and, and it's good. The stars yeah. are there to kind of remind you to look for it, but. Do you know the first serious Bible that I had? And when I say serious, I mean like a Bible that I was actually studying from right. and highlighting and actually really just digging into. Yeah. Um, was the um, Spirit Fell Life Study Bible. Yeah. And that's because that's yeah. the one that you used when yeah. I was in youth, when I was in wow. youth group. That's yeah. the one you used when we were doing small groups and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I really want this Bible. So my mom and dad got it for me as a gift. When I got baptized, is that right? Yeah. Cool. So, didn't you say mom, that you still have that? Still I do use still it? have it. I do still. Oh, well, I I have it and I use it a little bit when I do my study time. I do it on my you know on my tablet. Right. However, on my Bible study app, they have the New Spirit Full Life study notes. Really, that cool. you can do parallel with any version. Wow. So, like if I'm like I I enjoy looking through the the New Living Translation. Yeah. Just, it's easier for me to read, and so I'll go through the New Living Translation. And then right beside it, I can do the New Spirit Filled Life study notes. And if I switch over to Message or switch yeah. over to any other version, those still notes stay the right notes. there, which is yeah. really, really cool. That's, I like That you know, is cool. Now, I still have my Spirit Filled Life Bible, and I'll have it forever. It's still got my highlights and my notes in it from everything, and it's just really neat to kind of look through that. But it's New King James, right. and I'm not, I don't typically use it to study anymore like right, I used right. to. So. Well, and obviously the the value of that particular Bible is the study notes. Right. The uh, my my parents actually got me that Bible uh, right before I went to Canaan Land. That was kind oh, of their really? gift to my entering into full time ministry, and it was it was a uh, you know genuine leather sewn pages, you know the yeah. top notch binding. So it's held up really well, uh, but it's also. You know, the re- and, and it's starting to fall apart. The cover's starting to rip and stuff, but it's nowhere near in as bad a shape as my open Bible. Uh, but that's partly because I kind of went on a Bible-buying binge there for a while. Every time I went to Tulsa, I bought a new Bible. Oh, this is a good one for my pocket. This is a good one for my car. <laughs> this is a different translation. So I have spread out my use of those Bibles over the years. Um, but I did uh, just pre-order the third 
edition of the Spirit Filled Life Bible. It comes out in September. Did you really? Uh, it's hard to find. It is hard. It is, there are copies of the Spirit Filled Life Bible for seven or eight hundred dollars. No way. On wow. eBay and even Amazon. Really? Because it's so hard to find in particular formats. You know, I'm looking for a New King James version. Genuine leather, right? They just aren't there. Really? Not even from Hayford's website. But and the new one, I, I actually like. You know, I don't like. I'm not a fan of bonded leather. I don't want a hardback. Uh, but I actually like the imitation leather covers that they have now. They're very, very durable. They're pretty, and uh, and so that's that's what I got. I got the imitation leather leather New King James version, brand new, spirit filled life. New contributors. I'm sure it's got very. You know, it's got the same. You know, a lot of the same word studies and everything, but. Now, when you get a new Bible, do you go through your old Bible and carry over all the markings and stuff? I do not. You don't? Okay. No. I that. Start I fresh. I, yeah. just, uh, I really, for years, have intended to do that with the notes in my open Bible yeah. because some of them are lost forever because, I mean, uh, the yeah. edges of the pages have just dissolved. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's uh, terrible, terrible. Um, now, I have about 12 pages of tiny, tiny handwritten notes in the back of that Bible that I, that I still want to transfer at some point. Right. I can't even read them now without a, without a good pair of glasses or a magnifying glass, but I, <laughs> those are all notes I took at Rama. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. One of the things I'm I like, sure you catalog all yours electronically. Don't I, you? I do all my yes. notes. I literally have wow. almost two years worth of notes from Sunday services Wow, all in my, or, or longer actually. I don't remember when I started using my study Bible on my, uh, my study Bible app on my tablet, but uh, and that's all backed up in the cloud. So I switch tablets, download my app, boom, my notes are right wow. there. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Any translation, any, I mean, all my notes. That's the other cool thing is regardless of what translation I open, all my highlights, my notes, everything just pops right over the same verses. Over the, nice. I just, it's, it's really cool. And I have yet to find a paper Bible that can do that. So <laughs> That's true. But I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, you know, I like having the book open, making notes yeah. in the margins. And I do, yeah, I, do. I, I get that to an extent. But just out of convenience, yeah. I just enjoy doing my study. Because then I can, if I'm at a meeting, like we had those uh, RMAI meetings a couple weeks back. You know, I can just be on my phone taking notes, doing stuff, and then I know next time I go to my tablet, my notes are right there. Yeah. You know, it's just for me, I, I, I like I it. It's just a, it's convenient. Yeah. It's you know, so. But what's in your wallet? What Bible you carry around or uh, use what's on my uh, phone or my your no your? Well, my physical Bible is the New King James Version, but on my phone, I uh, is it a study Bible or just a Bible? Just no, a, just regular yeah. Bible. Uh, I think I. I have a study Bible somewhere. So home. just but a regular Bible. So I what pretty you're much saying just, is you're not very serious about studying no, the Word. I pretty much <laughs> just use that New King James for the physical, and like I have study Bibles on my phone and right, stuff like right. that. So I just basically copy stuff onto that. Yeah, I, I yeah. like the uh, the Bible I preach out of most of the time is just a Bible. It's not a study Bible um, because I like it because it's obviously much smaller. You right. Know, it's, uh, yep. it's easy to wave around the pulpit. <laughs> Last couple weeks, I've been spending so much time in the Spirit-Filled Light Bible during preparation that you know how you get when you remember where something is yes, on the page? Yes. So I've yeah, just yeah, carried yeah. that into the pulpit with me rather than yep. you know, I, I just find my references right. a lot easier Now, that way, can't so. you just bookmark and tag on your tablet? Or iPads yeah, not I, do that? No, they do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I totally, I've done that before too where you're like reading someone and you don't, you can't remember the reference exactly, but yeah. it's like, I remember it's in this it's in corner. It's in this corner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's in this book. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Uh, well, 
I've said everything I need to say. It's cool stuff. Today, anyway, yeah. Are you sure about that? I think so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, everybody. Well, that'll do it for us today. Join us next time as we talk about some more interesting topics, fun things, and uh, take care. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you guys. Bye.